Genesis chapter 6. And as you're turning there, I want to thank all of our workers that uh, came this last week and worked at Vacation Bible School. What a great week we had, and uh, the Lord was just good to us. We did a little different this year. This year we had it in the evenings. Normally we have it in the daytime. And uh, I think that uh, there was probably pros and cons to do it both ways. And um, one of the advantages of doing it in the evenings, more of our workers, more of our dads were able to participate in vacation Bible school and moms at work uh, were able to participate. And so those that uh, aren't able normally to help us during the day because of work, they were able to come in the evenings. And I know it was a long week. I know people worked all, all day long and then each evening came and uh, worked hard. They got here 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock, had vacation Bible school, and many of them didn't leave until closer to 9 o'clock every evening. And I know it was exhausting, and I know it was tiring, but I know that it made a huge difference in the lives of kids that heard the gospel. And uh, I just want to thank our church family for, for serving. We, we couldn't do this if we didn't have volunteers that help. And uh, so we had a, a multitude of volunteers. And I want to I thank you for that. Also in your bulletin uh, that you should have received when you came in, there's a lot of upcoming announcements. And I won't take the time to go through each one of them, but there's something in there for everyone. There's a, a lot of exciting things happening this coming Wednesday. So we have a, uh, our, our Bible study that takes place here in the auditorium each Wednesday evening. And then also students ministry has water wars. We have Elevate for the kids ministry. So it's going to be an exciting Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. So we hope that you'll be here at seven o'clock. And also I want to um, announce to everyone, if you are interested in our golf outing, we do it each year. The date is August 14th. We moved it up a couple weeks and uh, we moved location. We're going to be playing at Brandywine uh, this year and uh, they're gonna have a, a great lunch for us. And so we want you to be a part of that. If you have a, a team that you wanna put together, that's wonderful. Maybe you don't have four of you that you wanna put together, just a couple of you or just yourself. And uh, just sign up. If you don't have a team, we'll put you on a team. And uh, if you're really, really good, put that in the notes. We'll put you on my team. Um, and we'll, um, we'll have a great day that day. And so that's for anyone at all that likes golfing and wants to enjoy some fellowship. Also, last week, you should have received, and in the mail even, a calendar of events coming up. Not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, we're going to have a, just a church-wide fellowship here on Wednesday evening uh, when we normally have our activities, our midweek service and our uh, uh, youth activities happening here on Wednesday nights. We will take one Wednesday night each month, June, July, and August, and we'll have a church-wide fellowship. Dinner will be made, and uh, just come, and uh, uh, dinner will be here for you. There's no cost to it. Uh, there'll just be a time of fellowship. There'll be activities planned for the kids, and uh, we just do this so our church family can come together and get to know each other. How many of you know every single person in this room? Anybody? How many of you, there's somebody in this room you don't know? Great, good. So that means you should be here so you can get to know everyone in your church that you worship with. How many of you realize you're going to spend all of eternity together with people in this room? So get to know them now. That way you know if you like them or not um, when you get to heaven and you don't live next to them if you don't, you know. So, all right. So we hope that you're going to be a part of that. Genesis chapter number six, Genesis six. 
Again, it's Father's Day, and I want to um, uh, speak to all of our dads here today. And everyone else that'll listen in, I don't believe this message is just for dads, although I want to speak specifically to the men in our church today. In Genesis chapter number six, verse number five of this, I tell you, I think, I think Genesis six is probably one of the saddest chapters in the Bible. And the reason I say that is, we'll read here in just a few verses. And God saw that the wickedness in verse five, the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and repented the Lord. This is probably a sad, one of the saddest verses. It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Just a few chapters earlier, just just a short period of time earlier, God created all of the earth. You know what he said? It's good. He saw everything he created and he enjoyed it. It was good. There was a time in, in, in history that he created man and he walked with man in the garden. He fellowshiped with man. He created man to fellowship with him and for man to worship him. And now there comes a time, just six, six chapters into this book, the beginning of the Bible, the Bible says it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing. And the fowls of the air, for it repented me, that I have made them. How, how, does, how does a world go from a perfect creation to where now the God that created this creation says, it repented me that I have made them. It repented me. But I'm so glad the verse doesn't, the chapter doesn't end or the Bible doesn't end in verse number seven because in verse number eight, the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Shall we pray together? Father, we find in your word a, a portion that it breaks our heart when we read it because your heart is broken. Lord, as we even look at our world, our generation today, it seems like it's the same as it was in the days of Noah. But Lord, I pray that there would be men, fathers, husbands in this room today that it would be said of them that we found grace in your sight. We didn't go the way of this world. That we weren't found to be wicked in all of our thoughts and all of our ways. But that we stood firm, that we raised godly homes and families, that we led in our communities and we were the men of God that you desire for us to be. So Lord, we want to find grace today. We want to find your favor. And so as we look at this passage of scripture that can be seen as such a negative, seen as such a heartache, Lord, we will see it doesn't have to be. And so I pray that you would raise up men here in this church to lead. I pray that you'd find men here in this church to be godly. 
that'll make a difference in this generation, that'll make a difference for the cause of Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us today, you'd challenge our hearts, you'd encourage us. And Lord, I pray you find us faithful because you're faithful. And we thank you and we praise you on this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for Jesus. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Not long after the fall of man, sin began to permeate every part of this earth. A perfect creation destroyed by sin, destroyed by wickedness. The Bible tells us in this passage of scripture that every thought was evil. It was like man would sit around and think how evil thoughts, how evil their thoughts can be. Their goal was to live a wicked life. Man then lived for evil. Their thoughts became evil and their actions became evil. And the Bible tells us that violence filled the earth. Rage and anger, murder, rape, drunkenness, fighting, immoral conduct. If it could be thought of in the mind, it became an action in their life. And this is the way the world was during the days of Noah. In these days, mankind lived for evil. I read in Matthew chapter number 24, the Bible says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. Speaking of the return of Christ, not, not nor the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. Here in this time, in this period of history, we find that mankind, all they cared about was themselves. All mankind cared about was pleasing themselves. If they could think of a way to please themselves, they would behave that way. They didn't care about what God thought. They didn't care about the laws of God. There was no thought, there was no care about how they were to live for God or live for righteousness. If man could think it and man wanted to be it, it was enticed, it was encouraged for man to do and be whatever man wanted to be. It's not hard for us to see the condition of our world today. When you read and you study the days of Noah and you see how wicked man is, you begin to see that that wickedness is filling this earth today. We say this often, it seems like evil is now good and good is now evil. And I would say to you this, as the Lord said in Matthew 24, as in the days of Noah shall also be the coming of the day of the Lord. We're seeing the earth filled with violence. If you were to turn the news on for any short period of time, you know what gets national attention? We know what gets global attention? Violence. Destruction of man. We, we don't see good anymore uh, uh, being done. We don't see good being publicized. We see violence, and violence is filling our globe. There's places around this world, uh, 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 unfortunately more places than not, that you couldn't even go to and be a part of and walk because of violence. Violence is filling the globe. I, 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 I watch the news and... I've told you before, I'm a news junkie, and, and I, I always say I'm not going to look on the, at the news on Sunday mornings, but you know what I always find myself doing? I look at the news. I'm addicted to it. I was watching or looking at some news clips this morning, and every single one that I looked at, it was about violence. 
It was about crime. It was about destruction. It was about sin and wickedness. It's, it's, it's around our globe. I sat this past week, I sat in the governor's residence there in Columbus this past Thursday. I spoke to the governor and the lieutenant governor were there and we began to speak to them about some things that were concerning us and, and they stopped the conversation and they, they asked the pastors that were there, they said, what are we going to do about all the crime? What are we going to do about all the, the violence that we're seeing in the major cities in our state?" And, and they, they want a, a federal program or a state program to try to fix this. They're asking our opinion, and, and we spoke up and we said that, that there's not a, not a federal program or a state program that's going to fix this. We're, we're, we're teaching our children that they're, they're made from nothing and that there's no eternity and there's no God and, and to live however you want to live. We've taken prayer out of our schools. We've taken God out of society. We're not allowed to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't care how much money you throw at something. When you take God out of it, there's never going to be a solution. It doesn't matter what government program we can put. When you take the name of Jesus Christ out of our lives, we're not going to fix anything. Oh, the lost man looks and sees and wonders why mankind is becoming so wicked. It's because mankind has turned from God. That's why mankind is so wicked. And what we need is a revival. We need to get back to the Word of God. We need a revival in our churches. We need a revival in our pulpits. We need a revival in our home. We need a revival, men, in our lives so that men stand up and men lead their homes in a godly way. That is what's going to change this world. As I sat this past week, they're concerned about crime. Concerned about violence. In my mind, I went to the passage of Scripture. I knew what I was going to preach on by Thursday and, and had studied it. We mentioned this in Chicago, New York City, Atlanta. I just saw an article about Atlanta this morning. Violence and murder, stabbings, robberies, domestic violence is higher than it's ever been. And the politicians are blaming each other. We're blaming a pandemic. No, man's heart is wicked. We're living in perilous times. Yes, I believe this church that we are living in the days leading up to the return of Christ. We see this. We see the world and the condition it was before the flood. We read in Matthew and in Luke where the Lord Jesus Christ himself says, as in the days of Noah, it's going to get bad. It's going to get violent. It's going to, crime is going to uh, be around this globe. In, in, in all of this violence, in all of this wickedness, and all of the, the Lord's regret that even he made mankind, there was one man that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that's what I want to challenge us today. We can see the negativity of society. We can look at the crime and the violence all around this world. But today, I want to challenge there, us to have men in this church that will stand and that would be said of them that we have found favor or we have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's what what we need today, men that will stand, men that will be faithful. There was one man that caught the Lord's attention. I want you to think about that, men. 
I remember being in a room, oh, probably 24 or so years ago, maybe 25. And uh, I was sitting in the back of that church auditorium on the back row. And in the front row, in the front, just, just a couple rows from the front, there was a, a girl that turned around. And when she turned around, how many of you men remember the first time you saw the love of your life? Ho- hopefully it was your wife. Your heart just did this really, really weird thing. And, and if, if, if you want to have a great day, tell your wife today, it hasn't stopped. Every time you see her, it still does that really, really wonderful, weird thing. But I remember when she turned around, and she doesn't believe this, but this is the truth. When she turned around, I saw her. I said, I want to marry her. And I did everything I could from that point forward to get her attention. Anything I could. I mean, I, I, would, I began to sit a little bit closer to where she was sitting. I would say things and do things so that she would look and get, get her attention. Why? Because of all of the men that were around, I wanted her attention. She could have chosen anyone. And I thought about that with God. Of all the crime, of all the the reports, of all the the negative, sinful, wickedness going on around our globe today in this generation, I want to live in such a way where I get God's attention, don't you? I want God to see that there is still someone that loves His law and loves His Word and wants to raise a godly family. I want Him to know that there's still a husband that wants to be faithful. I want them to know there's still a dad that cares about raising godly children. I want them to know that no matter what, what anyone else in the world is going to do, but as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I want to challenge every man today to live a life like Noah lived. It got God's attention. Is there a Noah in this generation today? In all of this sin, in all of this wickedness, in all of the violence that we see around our globe, we see in our nation, we see in our cities, is there a Noah today? Is there a man? Is there a father? Is there a husband? Is there a Noah today that could say that you have found grace in the eyes of the Lord, in a rebellious and wicked generation. Well, listen to me today, Dad. I want you to write these four things. If you'll just write these four things down today. You say, I'm not a, a man today. I'm a wife. Or I'm a, a mom. I'm a young lady. Write these down because I believe this is for every single person here today. But I want to speak to you dads today. I want you to see in verse number eight, in chapter number six, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Would you simply write that down? Noah found grace. That word grace is favor. Noah found favor. Noah found grace in the Lord's eyes. He found favor before God. You see, Noah wasn't counted in the sinful behavior of the man. 
Man was so sinful. All that man thought of was evil. All of man's actions was evil. In all of the world and all that it, it took that God said, I repent that I even made man. He looked at this wonderful creation and he said, I wish I wouldn't have made any of it. And in his heart, he sought to destroy it. But there was one man that stood out. All the world grieved God, but Noah's faith and Noah's behavior and Noah's life stood out. And oh, I pray that there's men, I pray that there's fathers here at Monclover Road Baptist Church as the world gets wicked, as violence is filling the earth. I pray that there's a Noah. I pray that there's a father that gets God's attention because of your faith, because of your behavior, because of the life that you're choosing to live for God, that you're standing out. You know what I could see here in this passage of Scripture? Noah encouraged the heart of God. Now think about that. I pray that our lives are lived where we are encouraging the heart of God. Noah lived a life counter culture, counter to the things of this world. Listen, I call on dads today. I call on Christian husbands today, Christian fathers today to lead and live a life counter to this world. Counter to the things of this world. Counter to the thinking of this world. Counter to the behavior of this world. Everything that this world has to offer, we want to show those that we love and those that we're leading that God has a better way. That we're not living in this world just to marry and to get and to, to eat and to drink and no care for anyone else. But we are placed in this earth. We are saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ to live a life pleasing the Lord, be a mouthpiece for heaven, to proclaim the goodness of God. Not just to live this life having it our way, doing what we want, but living a life counter culture. Number two, I want you to see this with me in verse number, or chapter number six, verse number 22. We find this, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him. What's the Bible say? So did he. Everything that God told Noah to do, you know what Noah did? Exactly what he was told. Look again with me also in chapter number seven, verse number five. And Noah did according to unto all that the Lord commanded him to do. Now, you say that verse is the same, and it is. But there's something about verse number 22 of chapter six and verse number five of chapter seven. You know what the difference is? About 120 years Chapter number six, verse number 22 is when God saw Moses and said, hey, Moses, I, I want you to build an ark. I found you faithful. I found that you are living a righteous life and I'm going to save you and your family. I need you to build this ark and I'm going to destroy everything else in this world. And the Bible says that Moses was faithful. He did exactly as the Lord commanded him to do. Well, Moses didn't just build the ark in a day. It took time. And as, Mo, as no, Moses didn't even build the ark, by the way. No, I did. I caught some of you guys sleeping. I just wanted to see if you're awake. Someone's going to say, here he goes, preaching heresy. 
It was Noah. Noah, Noah, he built the ark. Let's get this down straight. Noah said to, God said to Noah, I want you to, to do this. And Noah did this. And for 120 some years, you know what happened? The world got more wicked. The world didn't get better. And just before the floodwaters came, it said, and Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. And God saved his family. Would you write this down, please, someplace in your heart or on a piece of paper so you see it? Noah stayed consistent in his walk and obedience to the Lord. Noah stayed consistent in his walk, in his obedience to the Lord. It's said of Noah's, uh, Noah's life. Now I'm going to say Moses all this service. Noah's life, that he was consistent. You know what that tells us? He didn't waver. He stayed faithful. Yeah, when his kids were young, he was faithful. When his kids were old, he was faithful. He walked with God. He, he stayed consistent and committed to the Lord. I, I want more than ever to be a godly example to my children. But honestly, my heart, I think I want even as much or greater. I want to be that same godly example one day to my grandchildren. I, I, I raised my children to walk with the Lord. One of the greatest joys I have every Sunday morning, my, my daughter, every Sunday morning says, Dad, or Saturday night, she says, Dad, can I go with you, church with you tomorrow? And can I sit in the front seat? I, 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 every Saturday when she says that, it doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm already asleep, she'll come to my room. She'll wake me up. Dad, can I go to church with you tomorrow? Yes, Chloe. And can I sit in the front seat? And why did she say, can I sit in the front seat? Because she was afraid that one of her sisters are going to get to her before. And if the older sister sits, gets in, she gets to sit in the front seat, unless you ask first. Every Sunday morning, I'm driving. And there my daughter is, as we're singing. Dad, what are you preaching on today? I can't wait for one day to be able to maybe hear one of my grandchildren say, Dad, or Grandpa, or whatever they call me, Big Red. <laughs> Can I go to church with you today? I want to bring them to the house of God. I, I hope one day when I'm leading my home, I'm consistent. Fathers, the best thing you can do for your family is be consistent in your walk with God. I understand the world is getting difficult. I understand the pressures are mounting. I understand that sometimes the walk gets weary and sometimes you get discouraged. I understand there's sometimes we've been hurt. I understand that people have disappointed us, but God is faithful and God has never disappointed you. Stand fast and stand firm and stand consistent and don't waver your generations to come depend upon your walk with God. 
Stay consistent, dad. Thirdly, I want you to see this. Noah stood alone. Look with me in chapter number one or chapter number seven, verse number one. The Bible says this, and the Lord said unto Noah, come now and all the house of the ark. For thee, for thee, have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Now I've heard, I've heard a lot of people preach that Noah, Noah preached for 120 years and nobody, nobody got saved. And almost like a negative, almost like a negative, like Noah ministered his all these years and nobody was converted. And I, and I hear that and I understand what they're saying. But on the ark was Noah's wife and Noah's three sons and Noah's three daughter-in-laws. And I'll tell you, husbands, fathers, dads, if you live your life and those closest to you want to walk in your footsteps and follow the God that you have taught them and you have lived for, you're not a failure. You've done what you're supposed to do. If your children want your God, then praise God for that. If your wife will say, I'll submit to you because you're submitting to God, I'll follow you onto this ark when it doesn't make any sense. Praise God. Yes, I'd love to reach the world. Yes, I'd love for every one of my neighbors and every person I come in contact with to, 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 to uh, uh, have the faith that I have and to, to trust Christ as their Savior. But I've got 18 years of my children growing up in my home. I've got 20-some uh, 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 years of being married to my wife. And if they'll follow the God that I follow, I don't look at that as a waste of time. If my children choose son-in-laws and daughter-in-law that will follow God because I've raised them to fear God and so they choose in their spouse someone that fears God and wants to walk with God. Oh, Dad, you've done well. Would you write this down, please, in some place? Noah was willing to stand alone. Dads, don't compromise. Your children are dependent upon you. Don't compromise with the things of this world. Oh, listen to me. I'm sure over these years, Noah was mocked and Noah was made fun of. I'm sure people wondered, Noah, what are you doing? It's going to rain. It's going to what? A flood's coming. It hadn't rained on the earth. They didn't know what this was. How, how everything was watered was the dew from the ground. And Noah is saying, there's rain coming. And everyone else might have thought that Noah was crazy. Everyone else might have thought, Noah, there's something wrong with your thinking. But his family knew that he had to walk with God. His family believed him because of his walk with God, because he's willing to stand alone. We need in today's culture, we need in today's world, we need men like Noah that are willing to stand alone and not compromise. Oh, listen to me, you can still be faithful to your wife, husbands. 
You can still raise godly young people. You can still be honest at work. You, you, can, still, you can still be pleasing to the Lord in this generation. I know that sin is, is wicked and sin is rampant. And I, I understand that sin is all around us, but we can choose to stand alone. We can choose to stand for what's right. And I call upon all men and all fathers today in this place to be willing to stand alone. If no one else is willing to stand with you, stand for God for your family's sake. And lastly, I want you to see this. Lastly, I want you to see with me, look with me in verse number one. And the Lord said unto Noah, come now in all of thy house. Look with me in verse number 13 of this same chapter. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. Lastly, I want to challenge you men today. Noah led his family. Lead today. We, we, live in a, we live in a generation that the man is seen as the ignorant one. It, it, it's almost like we, we don't need men. This past Thursday when we sat with the governor and the lieutenant governor and they began to ask us these questions, and I said to the, to the governor and the lieutenant governor, what, what you're, what's wrong with society is today is that we, we, we've lost men. We, we don't want men to lead anymore. We, we've destroyed the home. We've said the, the home doesn't need a dad anymore. And listen to me, the home needs a dad. The home needs a loving dad. The, lo the home needs a compassionate dad. The home needs a godly dad. Uh, the home needs a God-fearing dad. Uh, uh, the home needs a, a dad that is concerned with the, with the spiritual well-being of his family. And I want to call all men today, as Noah did, lead your home. Noah didn't lose his family to this world. He led his family in a wicked generation. Dads, lead your family in prayer. Oh, it, it's, it's good if you were to ask my children. Mom goes and she prays with them before they sleep. But dad, teach your kids how to pray. Don't just leave it up to mom. Lead your kids in godliness. Sometimes, Dad, we get so busy in our lives, we get so busy in our, in our, in our actions that we, we, we love the fact that our wives are godly and they're leading the home, but your wife needs you. Lead your home in love. Lead your home in compassion. Lead your home in a walk with God. Teach your children how to get a hold of God. Let your children know how to have a conversation with God. When all the world is wicked and too far gone, God give us more men in this generation who are found leading in righteousness. God give us men in this generation that God can say, but you found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I pray today that you would leave with a renewed passion. 
I pray that you would leave today with a renewed spirit of revival in your heart that you are going to be the man that God desires for you to be and to lead in this generation. Would you stand with me, please, as we pray? Father in heaven, Lord, we need Noah's. We need Noah's that in a wicked generation that we're in, catch your attention. The world is wicked. Lord, it's spiraling out of control. But our children need to have a place of refuge, a place of safety, a place of rest. Lord, our children need to know how husbands truly love like Christ loved. Treat their wives with respect. They're generous, kind, compassionate. Lord, these things ought to be taught by men. So Lord, I pray in our church today that you'd rise up men to lead. That we stop complaining about what the world's doing and start doing something about it, beginning in our homes, beginning in our church. May we be the example. So Lord, we want to behave in such a way that encourages your heart today. We want to be found faithful. heads bowed and eyes closed for just one moment. Men, will you stand for Christ? Would you lead today? We need godly husbands. We need godly fathers. We need godly employers. We need godly employees. We we need men that will lead their families to serve in their communities. We need men that would lead their communities righteousness and godliness let's let's not take a back seat let's get into the driver's seat and let's lead and follow Christ let's be what God desires us to be we have this generation that's all we have but we can influence generations to come by how we live in this generation I wonder if there's one here today, first of all, before you begin to lead in Christ's likeness, you need to be saved. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. And I wonder if there's one here today that you would say this, I need to trust Christ today as my Savior. I need to be saved today. I want to be a child of God. I want heaven as my home. I want my sins to be forgiven. As we sang about today, I want to trust Christ as my Savior. I'm not asking you to trust in religion or in the church or in the denomination. Will you trust Christ today as your Savior? I wonder if there's one like that that you would allow us to pray with today. You could let me know just by simply raising your hand and just saying, I need to be saved. I need to trust Christ. I promise you that I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to pray with you today. I want to know who you are just so that I can pray with you 
that you'd take the faith and the courage necessary to trust Christ today. Is there one like that? Would you just simply raise your hand, slip it back down? Is there anyone at all in this room? You would say, today, I want to trust Christ as my Savior. Is there one? Men? How many of you would say this, I want to be a Noah? In this wicked and perverse generation, I want to lead my family to safety. I want to find God's favor. I want to live a life pleasing to the Lord. And on this Father's Day, I want just to renew in my heart and in my spirit that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead my home. I'm going to lead my church. I'm going to lead my community for righteousness. I'm going to be the husband that God desires for me to be. I want to be the dad that God desires for me to be. I want to be the grandparent that God desires for me to be. I want to lead. As God sees this earth and it breaks his heart because of the wickedness of man, I want him to see my home. I want him to say I'm pleased because I found favor with at least one. How many of you men with your raised hand would say that's me today? Would you keep your hands up as we pray? God, you see these hands. You know their hearts. We humbly submit and bow before you today. This is our desire. This is our heart, Lord, to lead, to be godly, to show our wives and show our children and show our community who God is, to represent heaven and represent Christ. Lord, we'll fail. When we fail, forgive us. Lord, encourage us, strengthen us. Help us, Lord, to lead. And we ask you this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,